Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mike on Mike Wadecast. Just returned from a family reunion. As my wife's side of the family likes to say, in this family, we don't hide crazy, we put it on the porch and give it a cocktail. I'm going to say there were over 40 of us on 22 acres, right in the heart of Texas. And I'm talking out in the country. Our hosts had this beautiful, huge home. It has a covered patio attached with all these cast iron skillets and meat smokers and a warming oven. There's a river to swim in, giant shade trees, uh, not to mention hookups for five RVs. Now, before I get to the fun and games, just a word about the RV. We rented what's called a Class A. And when you first lay eyes on it, it looks like a bus, especially when it's fully expanded. I mean, it's huge. It's very spacious on the inside. Although it was the outside I was a little more worried about. Having never driven one, I just kind of had visions of crushing someone's front end on a tight right turn or not realizing I was backing into a fuel pump. Now, we took three cars to pick up the RV. One car was going to follow, and everyone else was going to be in the RV. And then we would switch when stopping for gas. Now, this thing has an 80-gallon tank, and that sounds pretty big, but at seven miles per gallon, not so much. Well, we arrive, we unload the cars, then we load the RV, and finally, we were ready to hit the road. Now, the owner told us that he sort of forgot to fill up but there was a quarter of a tank and there was a gas station just a few minutes away. The problem is when you get below a quarter of a tank, the generator shuts off the AC to the back of the RV. So we had to make a stop before we could really get started, which turned out to be no problem. I actually managed to get us to the gas station without hitting anything. We fill up and then when I start the RV, we notice, hey, there's no air in the back. Matter of fact, the air coming out of the dash isn't really that cool either. So I figured there's a switch, you know, somewhere that we forgot to push or or something. We couldn't figure it out. We finally call the owner. He comes right over, and he's looking all around, and he determines that something is popping the breaker. So that means it's an electrical problem that can't be fixed. Well, the good news is that this happened very close to his house, not 300 miles away. The bad news was we had to go back, unload, reload the cars, and then drive all three cars down. And he, he felt terrible. We assured him that, you know, sometimes things just happen. And after quite the sweaty workout, we were actually able to move faster down the highway, through the country roads, and to our secluded destination. Okay, so back to the fun and games. They thought of everything. I mean, not just the meals, but the activities. The activities that had us all howling, like the not-so-newlywed game where you're supposed to answer the way you think your spouse will. I can't believe how many of those we got wrong. Survivor, a three-day competition with crazy things that included an eating challenge that was something either five-alarm hot or just plain disgusting. There was a giant slip and slide down a hill where a -a pop-a-cup table was waiting. So you slide down the hill and you race over to the table, you drink what's in the cup, set it upside down on the edge of the table, and then you have to pop it back right side up. Okay, it ain't easy. And the next person on your team can't go down the hill until you've managed to do it. There was shock collar trivia. If you answer right, you feel nothing. If you answer wrong, 
you feel pain that induces an involuntary convulsion, much to the delight of everyone watching. Now, I knew I sucked at cornhole, but I never realized how lousy I was until I played with people who could make a living doing it. I don't know how they can throw a beanbag with such accuracy. I mean, honestly, it was a thing of beauty. They get this nice, huge arc, and as Bill Murray would say, It's in the hole! The best part? I wish I could only pick one. Watching our hosts literally dancing in the moonlight. Such a fine and natural sight. Shout out to King Harvest. Seeing all the kids who had never really met play until they wore themselves out. Sitting in one of their huge rocking chairs on the back porch, watching all the hummingbirds get fed. If you got up early enough, you could actually watch all the deer eat from the automatic feeder. The smoked brisket, the chicken, the pork, the ribs, walking out to the smell of bacon and fresh coffee first thing every morning. Now, the fireworks looked as every bit as impressive as, as the ones they launched from the barge, courtesy of Macy's. At least, the second night. The first night of fireworks started well and kind of <laughs> ended off the rails. The stand that was used and set up was way too close to a circle of people who were talking and laughing in folding chairs. Well, the stand kind of sort of fell over. Now, alcohol was definitely in play, but only with the spectators. The initiators had barely stepped their big toe into their teens and had, had set up way too close to the rest of us, not to mention the house. But even when we told them to move back, to them that meant a few feet. We meant like half an acre away. So instead of shooting these explosives up in the air, the stand just kind of sort of for some reason fell over. And at that point, well, well, you can forget about the vertical. It started flopping around in all directions, kind of like one of those Mr. Wiggle water toys. And sooner than you can say whammo, I take a round right in the forehead. Could I have moved? Yes. Were my cat-like reflexes able to transport me to a safe location? Yes. Did I seek higher ground? No, I did not. Amidst all the chaos and screams, I made the bold choice to sit comfortably and remain calm, noting unto myself that the launch point was actually going away from me. In other words, it was flapping right to left. It wasn't going back and forth. That was actually an error on my part. I should have had all four cheeks moving and grooving, kind of like a large person who realizes the all-you-can-eat buffet is about to close. Instead, I took a rocket that has left a red glare on my forehead. Now, I prefer to think of this as an act of bravery rather than stupidity, seeing as how, had I not taken one for the family, I think that rocket was headed right for the house, probably breaking a huge window, landing in the den, and setting everything on fire. So, instead of losing the home and all the contents inside, I pretty much saved the day. That's the story I'm sticking to. All of this actually turned out to be quite the source of humor, because once I got bonked, I put my hands on my head, just, you know, as a natural reaction, and my poor wife thought my head was burning, so she started dousing me with water. It was water from a nearby kiddie pool, one that was filled with all kinds of ick into a small open cut, at which point one of my son-in-laws say, yeah, yeah, I got hit by fireworks, and I wound up with a sty on my head. Well, when I finally looked in the mirror, I saw what looked like either the mark of the beast or a meat inspector stamping something that was grade A, or someone who used a dashboard lighter to teach me a lesson. 
Fortunately, the infection humor remained just that, and now I'll repurpose my COVID mask and wear it kind of like a forehead bra so children won't point at me and people won't move out of my way when I make this week's store run. Now, when I said they thought of everything, one of the cool things they did was hire a local singer-songwriter who came to play just for us. And I want to make sure Luke Johansson gets some well-deserved pub. I'll tell you, he did two things I really liked. He is a great storyteller. You know, a great song tells a story, but the way he set up a song, especially his own material, captivated you, and it kept you listening through the whole thing, which made each melody and the lyrics he put on top of them that much more satisfying. And Luke also took songs everyone can sing to, but rather than just cover them, he would pour just enough of himself into it and then stir it up to where he made it his own. Luke Johansson, great guy, great talent. Somebody in Nashville, and I'm talking to you, Chuck Rhodes, needs to help this guy record a demo. The last morning, we gave out hugs, we said our goodbyes, we hit the road home, and I, and I should tell you, we had a party of four who flew in from Florida that were staying with us. So the last night, we're all at our house, and we decided to break out the family reunion tape from 25 years ago. And that's when I realized that all of us were sitting there looking at the younger versions of ourselves and our children, and it hit me that... I had met them all before, way back in the day, but it wasn't until this trip that I made a relationship with each one. I, I, even, I even said, I know we were all in the same place back then, but I have no memory of us really interacting with each other, and neither do they. So let me tell you what I learned from this family reunion. Apart from duck, cover, roll, and run when the bombs that are supposed to be bursting in air become incoming projectiles. Take in every moment. Let it sink in. Bathe in it. Be aware of not just what's going on, but where you are and who you're with. Family, relationships, keeping people in your life close. I'm going to do a better job about that. And here's a jar of homemade reunion-labeled moonshine raised to you, hoping that you'll start doing the same. This has been The Mike on Mike Wavecast. Thanks for listening.